Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I have always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Diane Brandon, and we're going to be talking about her pre-birth experience. And if you don't know what a pre-birth experience is, sit back, relax, and let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Diane Brandon. How are you doing, Diane? I'm doing fine, Alex. I am so pleased to be with you here today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk to you about your life experience and what you're doing for the world as well. So your my first question to you is you you speak about being born awake. Can you tell the audience what that actually means? I'd be happy to. Uh, the phrase is, is born aware. Oh, and wait, excuse me. That's okay. That's okay. It's just a different letter, isn't it? One letter difference. Um. I use the term, I coined the term born aware to refer to refer to people who have always remembered what they thought when they were born. Mm -hmm. I've always remembered what I thought when I was born. I know scientists think that babies are basically blank, have blank minds Mm -hmm. and little awareness. Uh, I know that that's not true. I did not know that this was an unusual phenomenon. It never came up in conversation, but basically it refers to those of us who've always remembered what we thought when we were born. So what does that exactly mean? Remembering what you were before you, is it pre-birth experience essentially? Like you remember prior to incarnating into this bot, into the body you're currently in and things that happen on the other side prior to that. Is that what you mean? That is one type of memory, but it's basically at the moment of birth, remembering what your perception was, what your thoughts were. Mm-hmm. For for myself, I remember what I thought. I remember that I was not happy to be here again. Uh, I, I knew that when I wasn't here, I had absolute knowledge and it aggravated me that I couldn't have it while I was here. I have some pre-birth memories, primarily of being with the divine. Mm-hmm. I knew I wouldn't have immediacy while I was here. Some people remember who they saw in the delivery room, including Mm -hmm. those incarnated in body and and sometimes other spirits or entities who may have been there. Mm -hmm. Some people remember the actual experience of being born and the delivery there's there's one person in my book who remembers that forceps were used and it was so painful he felt that he would be um 
tortured or damaged, you know, during the delivery. So the types of awareness, the types of memories will vary from one person to the next. And again, that can include some of those prenatal memories, mm-hmm. whether one stayed in the womb throughout gestation or dipped in and out. For some, it may be memories on the other side. For example, one woman in my book remembers being taken by guides to visit other planets for training. She remembers picking out her father. So these memories will vary from one person to the next. But it's an awareness at birth that one has always remembered, and it tends to be spiritual in Mm. nature. So, so you have some experience uh, talking to other people who've had pre-birth memories. Can you tell me some of other some other before we get to your pre-birth memory? Um, what are some other pre-birth memories that you can share? I remember uh, one woman shared that she remembered walking along some sort of pathway on the other side, and she was given a choice of of. I believe she was able to choose between or among two or three options of what she would be in the coming lifetime. That's one type of memory. Another person in my book remembers being an angel on the other side. Really? Actually, an actual, I didn't know that angels could incarnate. Apparently so. I didn't theorize (laughs) about that. I have two people. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, I have two people in the book who remember being an angel on the other side. One remembers working in a group of angels and basically in her consciousness would receive a directive from the divine and they would make planets and other cosmic things on the other side. Um, Another person as i mentioned remembers being an angel before she came here and i'm trying to remember the memories now one one person in my book remembers that her parents right after she was born disagreed about whether she needed to be covered in the sun on the way home from the hospital mm-hmm. so these 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 memories will will vary will vary now uh what is the what memory do you or or of the people that you've spoken to which have the farthest back memories meaning like purely in the spiritual purely on the other side constructing their lifetime choosing their parents possibly soul blueprint what do you have any memories of that your own personal ones or of anyone that you uh, interviewed for your book my memories primarily consist of remembering being with the divine and that connection being in place it's almost like there is a tether i'm tethered Mm -hmm. um and and how i felt upon being born because i didn't want to come here but i knew that i had there was something i was supposed to do even though i didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. and some people remember one woman remembers um the actual conception she was there with the divine during the conception and and she describes it and how she reacted 
Um, some people were very aware of other lifetimes upon upon birth in the present lifetime. I'm trying to remember now. I should have boned up on <laughs> <laughs> people's people's memories. Um, one woman has a beautiful description of the other side and 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 the wonderful colors etc and so my sense is some of this some of the memories of the other side are really on a level that is not three-dimensional or tangible where things are primarily energy if that mm -hmm. makes sense mm -hmm. if that yeah. makes sense and and where the those you encounter are the soul energy rather than a physical representation or a physical body does that make so, sense it makes perfect sense um so then can we dive a little bit deeper into your pre-birth memory um you say the divine it's a very broad term so can you mm -hmm. give us as many details as you can that you can remember of that experience prior to being born my my main memory I, I think is fairly simplistic with in, in that context. Um it is being with the divine God. Um and my memory of God or the divine is not an old man with a long white beard. Mm -hmm. Um it's of this massive energy that at the same time has a sense of a being. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, so I've talked to one other person who remembers being with God and, and we said the same thing. The energy is unmistakable. You can never mistake the energy for anything else. So you have this sense of a being and this 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 massive, massive energy that is beyond description. I could say something trite like end all be all, mm -hmm. which doesn't quite capture it. Um, but not in a form, not in a form. And to me, being in the form limits. Mm -hmm. And, and this is beyond limitation, mm -hmm. beyond limitation, but at the same time, a being. So not a gender, not however we want to define a gender. It's beyond that as well. It's very difficult to put some of this into words. Mm -hmm. um, and I have felt, especially since I started doing the intuitive work, the intuitive counseling, that if there were a way to, for, for people who have that direct connection, it is immensely helpful. It's immensely beneficial. It, it doesn't lead to just, okay, dependency, and I don't need to think for myself. It's not that whatsoever. It is not dogma. It is not rules. But it is this sense of 
safety, I guess, is one term I could use. And I don't have memories on the other side of being in different places or visiting different places. It is primarily being with the divine, um, which, for lack of a better way of putting it, for me is kind of an overarching truth in my in my life. Right. Which it's, it's it, it sounds like you have this understanding and belief not even belief it's just an understanding it's a truth like water is wet and ice is cold that you are part of something larger and you are connected to the divine as we all are but it's just there and you just understand it to be true and that gives you a sense of comfort to walk the earth in a different way that many of us are fearful and afraid and disconnected and yes. you know angry and all you can't seem to it does at least from the energy that you're giving me right now it doesn't seem like that's not that you don't get angry and not that you don't get upset of course <laughs> we all do yes but th but there is an understanding like this is a temporary you have just an understanding of, of how this system is working so it helps you yes. walk a little easier on life does that make sense it it, it does at the same time it makes being here probably just a little more difficult because right. one knows how wonderful the other side is. And I think also, Alex, I think it contributes to humility because mm -hmm. those of us who have a connection like this know that we're not the end all be all. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, and we tend to understand that not only are things on this level transitory, but that they're also ultimately for some positive reasons, even if we don't know what they are. But at the same time, you know, I have my human side. And and one downside of having memories like this is it does make it more difficult to, to be on this planet. It is the same thing I've heard from so many near-death experiencers I've spoken to is yes. that they're like, I just want to go home. I don't, you know. Yes. I, I'm like, this is, oh God, do I have to be here kind of vibe. And yes. not in a, not in a, you know, a, a, a negative thought pattern, but it's just like, I know that there's chocolate cake on the other side of that door. And why am I here with the asparagus? <laughs> <laughs> the asparagus is good for me <laughs> yes it was asparagus tastes it's wonderful for the you can't really compete with the chocolate cake taste wise absolutely I, the chocolate cake <laughs> tastes so much better that's a good analogy that is a good analogy so i think the point is there are pros and cons to right. having this awareness and that is i think it's a wonderful gift for those who have near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you knew of Tom Sawyer, not not the fictional character. Uh, no, I do not. I, I only know I only know Huck Finn's friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was he was he used to speak back in the 90s. He had he actually had more than one near-death experience, which is not that terribly uncommon. But he changed so 
dramatically. And, and we do tend to say, I just want to go home, but there are pros and cons, blessing and a curse. But I think it's wonderful for those who have near-death experiences that are spiritually transformative because it informs one's being so much more, gives, gives one so much of a better understanding of, of things that transcend this three-dimensional level and, and are indeed real. So as far as pre-birth memories are concerned, I assume that you weren't a one or two-year-old walking around going, I'm tethered to God. So I'm assuming that this memory <laughs> came in later. When did you, when did this, all this information kind of come rushing back? Or did you know at a certain level as you were growing up? It was always there. Really? It was always, it was always there. But the thing is, Alex, I didn't know it was unusual. As far as I knew, everybody had memories like this. So why do you even mention it? So it was always there. But how, always did, you there. But how did you process it, though? Like as a, as a five-year-old, you just don't know. I mean, did you know it was God? Did you know it was the divine? Yes. Oh, yes. On a deep level, you understood it. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. got it. From the, from the very, very beginning, from, from birth. But what I have seen in in working on my book born aware is that it doesn't matter how spiritually aware you are at birth when you come here as a soul and you get into a, the body of a human being it's like being schizophrenic it's like you're on two in two different places because the human experience is very different you have a psyche you have emotions you have experiences while you're growing up and some of those are positive and some of those are negative. So you, you, you've got, you've got two types of awarenesses. You've got your true orientation towards the other side, your true home. And then you've got this human part. And I think for some of us, for some people, some memories may start to fade a little bit. We're trying to fit into this world, you know, as a human being. You're born and your parents are in control. And that can be positive and negative. Mm -hmm. You have experiences along the way. For some people, it's tra traumatic experiences or abuse. So for a, a while, what again, in interviewing people, there is this shift towards the focus being on trying to fit in, you know, learning the ins and outs of being a human. And it seems that at some point in the teen years, perhaps I don't I don't want to say that one has mastered. We don't master being a human. We may first of all, no one masters anything in the teen years. Let's just put it that straight up. It's true. That's, <laughs> that is so true. I'm joking. I'm joking. Thank you for the levity. Thank you I for mean, the levity. Teenagers as a general <laughs> statement, not yes. the place. If I, yes. if, I, if, if I may stop for a second, I just heard this quote the other day and it was just so brilliant. It was Mark Twain who said, at 15, I understood my parents were clueless and understood nothing. 
But at 22, I was really impressed at how much they had learned in seven years. Yes, 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 which I think is a wonderful quotation. It's a wonderful quotation. But it, I think it is based on the people I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. It's it's sometime during the teen years, and it may be between 13 and 18, that, you know, you're you're used to that human side now, and you can put more of your attention back on your spiritual side. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Hmm. You start connecting. It's, yeah. it's, it's I, interesting. I, I see. I see that. Cause when you're growing up, you're just trying to, you're just bumping around, trying to learn how to walk your body starts to change. So you're dealing with puberty and hormones and all sorts <laughs> of things at that age. And you, just, but then once you start getting past that, mm-hmm. you go, you settle in for the ride, essentially. Absolutely. Not that we stop growing because there's, Correct. there's all, there's always growth, mm-hmm. but yeah, you, you settle in for the ride and you have more of your psychic capacity that can focus on, your inherent spiritual orientation. So let me ask you this. Why do you believe you specifically were given this blessing or curse, depending on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. um, And so many of us do not have this ability. That's a wonderful question. I did chew on that, Alex. And, and I feel that for those of us who have these memories, we're allowed to have them because they are to serve a purpose for what we are to do while we're here. It's not like, okay, it's a free ride. There's there, there's responsibility in it, depending upon what each of us is here to do. Mm. And I didn't understand, I can understand better now. When I was born, when I remembered that, you know, okay, I had to be here because there was something I was supposed to do. I thought it had to do with acting and singing. Hmm. And so I pursued that for years. And it it wasn't until I started doing this work, but especially since I started, since the born aware phenomenon came to the forefront, did I realize, oh, that's it. Because I need to get this information out there because it can be beneficial to other people. So I can't, I, oh, I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> I still don't want to be here, but I, I can see it a little better. Mm-hmm. So I really feel it's not because we're special. Mm-hmm. It's because we were allowed to have these memories because of what we're supposed to do while we're here. Now, you mentioned that when you, or some other, I'm not sure if it was you or one of the stories of somebody else who had a pre-birth experience, that you were upset when you showed up. You were just like, ugh, ugh, I gotta learn again, and I can't, I don't have all knowledge that I had before. Why do you think that, um, you said that you were kind of forced to come back? So my question is, you were, are you compelled to come back to reincarnate? Do you have a choice in the matter? Can you stay on the other side and chillax? Uh, 
<laughs> with the divine, or are you forced back to learn these fairly difficult, you know, lessons and journeys down here in the physical? Because this is not for the faint of heart down here. No, it's not. No, it's not. I think it varies from one person to the next mm -hmm. because some people in my book actually looked forward to coming here. And I'm like, you're kidding. Some remembered that they were given a choice. I was not given a choice. It was like, this is what you need to do. And I was like, okay, don't like it, but I understand that I'm supposed to do it. I know that sounds strange. I think as humans, especially in the past so many decades, we're really big on what I want, what I want. I can have I can have what I want. I can manifest what I want. It's all up to me. I want, I want, I want. It's what I want. I think on higher levels, you realize when you're on, on those levels on the other side, okay. I'm not in charge. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and we are, in fact, this is one of my things. I don't know, you know, if people agree with it or not, but I feel that while we're here, we're all playing roles in this greater drama on this planet. As Shakespeare said. Absolutely. I feel that Shakespeare was plugged in. I really do. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and that the goal... I feel that we come to earth to live human lives, to learn and grow and unfold. We've all heard that over and over again, but also for the roles we play with other people in this greater drama. And I feel that the goal is to push humanity forward. So that's just my sense. Yeah. And a lot of times, sometimes the role we play the villain and sometimes we play the hero and we choose to do so. Absolutely. In somebody else's drama, like, you know, you you are the villain in someone else's drama, though every villain, you know, I come from, again, from Hollywood, every villain always believes that they're the hero of their own story. <laughs> of course. Throughout the history. I mean, I, I always wondered, I'm like, how can like Darth Vader show go to sleep at night, you know, and just go, I'm so evil. Like, no, he's like, no, I that's my my perspective is different. And I have my life experience has brought me to where I am, and this is how I'm doing things. And I don't care if I hurt other people. So there's just a lot, there's just a perspective. Difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it has to do with perspective. Because as humans, we tend to see things from our perspective. And and that's another aspect of of one thing I discuss in the book is what I call the difference between the perspective on the human level and what I refer to as the higher soul awareness, mm -hmm. which transcends the human and can look at things very objectively, can look at that drama going on and have a sense when something happens on the world stage. Oh, I wonder if this is to accomplish such and such. Mm hmm. So there's a difference. And it yes, it comes down to, to, to perspective. And isn't it amazing? And I, I, I can only assume this has happened to you in your life. And please correct me if I'm wrong, that our perspective on our past events changes over time, where 
At the moment it's happening, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life to thank God that happened to me when that happened to me because it did this, 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 and this for me and, and this, 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 but that's perspective. That is yes. distance. That is time. Yes. Oh my God. Thank God. I didn't date that girl. Or thank God I didn't get that job. But at the moment, you're like, oh, my God, my life is over. I didn't get the job I was dreaming of. Oh, yes. Yes. The dark night of the soul. My life is over. This is so painful. I will never get through this. And yet, <laughs> I, I think there has to be a willingness. There has to be something in us that, that represents a willingness to, to look at things in retrospect. I, I like to say that when we go through something negative and we come out the other side and if we can look back and see some of the benefits then we have transmuted that negative experience into something positive mm -hmm. if on the other hand we stay stuck in the oh poor me oh it's so painful then that's not good for us <laughs> <laughs> well, and you want to talk about dark night of the soul. Doesn't that happen like hourly when you're a teenager? Like Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything. It happened all the time. Everything and of course it was dramatic. Oh. <laughs> Nobody's Every... ever been through anything like this before. <laughs> In the history of mankind or humanity, yes. it's never, ever happened. God. Yes. And you look back at stuff that happened when you were a kid and you're just like, at the time, I just thought it was the world. The world was ending. Like I got an F in that test. This is going on my quote unquote permanent record. I didn't, I didn't get what I wanted for Christmas. <laughs> oh my God. Why didn't I get the GI Joe I wanted? Oh, I just got oh, these Oh, that socks. boy doesn't like me. <laughs> oh. That boy said, what about me? Like it's, and we joke about, I'm bringing this up to joke around it, but it's really to put perspective into what we hold dear at certain times in our lives. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And yes. as, as you get older, you start to, I mean, if you're evolving in this life, you start to realize that certain things are not things you should be sweating about as much as when you were younger uh, in going through things, you just hold on tight to these, these events. As you start looking back, you just start going, I'm so glad it all worked out the way it did. And isn't it true though? Like, as you look back, you start to pleat the pieces together like you, like you were, you wanted to be an actress in, 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 in music and in the arts. And you thought that was the path. Uh, but then you look back and go, oh, that was just preparing me for this work. Um, all those experiences yes. preparing me for this work. Very similar Absolutely. thing happened to me. Very, I mean, I, I mean, it's exactly, almost exact thing. Really? My arts, my arts was writing and filmmaking. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, it all was preparing me to do the work I'm doing right now, in all honesty, it is something that has connected me to that. But I always wondered, why am I, why am I going down that path if I'm not getting to where I want to be? What yes. am I doing wrong? Why do I keep failing? Or the successes I have and aren't the successes that I really want? Or these all yes. these kind of thought patterns. And I always, I even said to God one day, I'm like, why would you give me the love of this so hard? And yet not let me succeed at it at a at, at even a basic level. Exactly. And now or I thinking understand. back on the opportunities 
that seemed like they would be a major breakthrough. And then for various reasons, they just poof, poof, exactly. But I think, I think what we're talking about, Alex, is it requires getting older and having that perspective of being able to look back. We're less able to do that when we're teens or, you know, in our twenties, we have that, that blessing of mm-hmm. of more time, if age can be a, a blessing. But I, oh, I, I used to be caught up in the same thing, Alex. It really, really resonates. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. you and, and I know a lot of people listening out there right now might be like, why is what I really want to do not happening for me? And if you understand that there's a bigger picture at play here, there's a bigger plan at play that will unfold in its time yes then you will only see in time why you're walking this path but you have to kind of trust the path you're walking if you're going through something difficult in your life right now there is a reason for it if you're going through some wonderful things going on right now there's a reason for it and that 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 process is difficult for the Mm -hmm. ego to deal with it's it's very very difficult but at the same time, I would also add that I would recommend trying to develop those inner resources mm-hmm. that help you gain that perspective. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't want to be told, well, it's for your own good that that didn't happen. Eat the asparagus. You hear that at the time. Eat the asparagus. You Eat can't the have asparagus. The <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you will like it. Exactly. <laughs> no, so if you if you develop those 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 inner resources, meditation, there's so many different modalities these days. Mm-hmm. Those actually give us give us more tools mm-hmm. to move through life. Without and to gain the perspective. Question. Now yes. we we I, I we've mentioned a couple of times about these plans, life's plan and how things are being unfolded along our path. And we might not like it as it's unfolding. And many times we don't. Trust me, me, I know. I'm sure you do too. (laughs) Yes, I do. I do. This concept of a soul blueprint, which has been discussed, uh, I've I've spoken to a couple of other pre-birth experiencers who've talked about, remember even planning, literally sitting down, at a table with a council of other elders or beings to create their soul blueprint. What is your take on the concept of the soul blueprint per incarnation? I'm a firm believer in it mm-hmm. because the way, the way I look at this and the way I understand this, Alex, is that on this level, on this planet, we have, we have time, we have a past, present, and a future. But when you get to a, higher levels on the other side there's no time mm-hmm. so things are planned in advance not out of controlling souls this goes back again to the greater drama and all these little pieces fit together it transcends i feel our human ability to understand but I feel that our lives are planned. This does not preclude having free will because it was always known what our choices would be. 
because on those levels there's no time mm -hmm. does that make sense it does it does make sense my grasp on it is that that there isn't there is a plan laid out so it's a probable plan meaning that there's a probability that you'll walk this path and we will guide you in this path you're going to be born to these parents in this situation which will start leaning you towards certain places and certain things that will be for your plan you at any time have free choice to do whatever you like along the plan and there are people who who venture off near my near death experience I've spoken to say I went off so far off that I had to die to woke to be woken up to go back on the path that I was supposed to do in this life and some people just go off like the reservation and completely lose track of what they're supposed to be doing and sometimes they die and they're like you, you got to start over again and you did you did nothing that you said this is not the way this is going. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? <laughs> you were supposed to be this. Now you're doing this, you you know, and they're like, but I was having so much fun. I'm like, okay, great. But now you but have see, to go back. What I feel, Alex, is even that is part of the plan. Even diverging from what we think the plan is, is part of the plan. That's what I'm saying. It's very different to wrap our human minds around this because all of those little pieces fit together. Because ultimately, if you have diverged from your plan and you have a near-death experience, you're on a path. No, you, there's no question about it. It's really interesting. Now we're this is getting now we're getting into esoteric kind of conversation. I which know, I isn't it fun? It's so much fun <laughs> because. I agree with you that there is that whatever you do in life becomes part of the blueprint, becomes part of the record of what you're doing. So if in this lifetime, I'm not supposed to understand addiction, it's not part of what I'm supposed to do in this lifetime. But all mm -hmm. of a sudden, someone when I was younger, led me down a path that I wasn't supposed to be on. And I kept going down that path, even though I wasn't supposed to do it in this lifetime. I kept doing it for a million different reasons. That becomes part of the lessons that I learned in this life. It wasn't what I planned, but it was part of the grander scale of what was going on. But there is yes. still a free choice to kind of flow in this or that. It's a the amount of planning, because again, being a director, when I plan a movie, <laughs> I'm exhausted thinking about movies and story <laughs> plots and actors and sets. And it's in a massive amount of planning. Absolutely. Can you imagine doing it for uh, the universe? Uh, yeah. And which, all which the should, creatures. <laughs> which should give us, which should give us a sense of humility because we can't imagine being able to do that. It's, it's I, beyond. I, it's beyond the level of understanding um, that I can't even comprehend. Well, if you throw in the monkey wrench of alternate uh, Stop dimensions. It. Stop <laughs> it. Let's not get into the multiverse and parallel lives and living multiple lives at the same time. Yes, 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 and yes, there, yes. There, Because there is no time that, you know, everything has already happened. We're just at the, please, I've already gone down this road so many times. Uh, I'm, I'm it, had, sure it makes the have. head hurt. It makes the head yes. hurt. It, it yes, makes the head. Yes. I've had quantum physicists who I've talked to about this, and they're just like, oh, "Wonderful!" And they're just like, "Yeah." And then there's, yeah, technically you could do this, and yeah, technically, it's 
It's such a mess. This is it, why it, I it, love it, doing it this is. show. <laughs> I would love doing this show because of that, because it's just an endless conversation. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. This conversation will never end in any, because it just, it's all expansive. Like the universe is expanding. These kinds of conversations will never get old, get boring because it just continues to expand and expand and expand. Yes. A planet is a planet, you know, but our planet has a very different story than Mars does. And, yes, it does. And our solar system has a very different story than other solar system. So it's even though they're the same elements, they're just completely different and just similar but different. And it just keeps going and go. That's why I could have a talk to forty or fifty near death experiencers, and every single one is unique. Every single one has its own lessons. Every single mm-hmm. one had to deal with certain things when they came back. Um, even the the pre-birth experiencers that I've had on the show before, very different. Um, the the effect they had on their lives, how they were closeted in so many ways, you know, okay. which I, well, I want to bring you to the, my next question with you. When did you come out of the spiritual closet or were you always out of the spiritual closet? Well, I think part of this too, Alex, is when I, when I was growing up, you, you didn't find people. That, these were not popular topics. Mm-mm. And so, I, yeah, we didn't really talk about things like that. I remember, oh, I remember when I was probably 12 or 13, I was thinking about successive universes and, you know, alternate dimensions, but nobody to talk to about that. When I was an undergrad, um, I found... A couple of people, you know, it wasn't until I would say my my mid to late 20s and there was just a little bit of conversation. And then I was in a mastermind group, you know. I'm sure people are familiar with those. Mm-hmm. And and so. Things started to open up, I remember feeling it, the first time I attended that, that it was the first time I was really in a group, a room with a group of people interested in these things. Again, I didn't know, still didn't know that my membranes made, you know, were unusual and started working with my intuition, still not knowing what I was doing. I felt like I was an imposter, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So things were kind of revealed very, very gradually to me. And it was only when I started working on Born Aware that I started to realize it was different because I had not shared my memories with anybody. The way the book came about is that in the context of a session, a client mentioned her memories. I said, oh, well, that makes two of us. And then a few months later in teaching a workshop on intuition, one person in the context of what she had experienced in in one exercise shared her pre-birth memory. And that was when I went, oh, that's three of us. I'm being given a message. I need to to look at this. And and so things started to unfold from there. So it was it was there were triggers. I would mm. say that there were triggers. 
And of course, along the way, I'm working on my issues at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it was a confluence, you know, of different factors. Now, I know you also speak a lot about intuition. Yes. And can you tell me what you believe intuition is? Is it something guiding us? Is it our spirit guides? Is it the divine? Is it angels? Or what is that gut feeling that we get? That little voice in our head. What is it? I think it's, I like to say it's a complex set of phenomena. Mm -hmm. It's not just one thing. Um, I think we have, I think everybody has the ability. For many people, it's underneath the surface. I feel that a lot of it has to do with uh, brain waves. Anna Wise's research on brain waves and delta brain waves, the deepest level or always sussing out the environment unconsciously i think sometimes intuition comes from deep within us things we were already exposed to that we had forgotten i think some of it is guided um when we talk about gut feelings you've probably heard that i don't remember how many years ago 10 15 years ago uh researchers found a physiological basis for gut feelings they're real there's a knowing yes there are cells in the stomach that are similar to those in a part of the brain to the extent that some scientists now refer to the stomach as the little brain or the second brain Mm -hmm. and then there's some other research on digestion and that affecting the brain so there's a base there's a physiological basis for gut feelings they are real science science knows this now mm-hmm. so i feel like it's a lot of different it presents itself in a lot of different ways and yes some of it is guided i do not feel that we have to go through no our guides mm-hmm. to to be intuitive um and when i teach intuition I, I teach the method I use, which is basically closing your eyes, going to a deeper, deeper level of consciousness and and posing your question and seeing what comes in. And that's that's trying to access information on demand. But we also get information, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're not deliberately trying to get. And it varies from one person to the next with regard to the form that it comes in. There are many, many different forms of intuition. There's there's um, information that comes to you. There is a, a kinesthetic where you feel energy that gives you information. Uh, some people are clairvoyant, which literally French. I was a French major, clear seeing. Some people hear voices, whether they're external or in their heads. Um, for some people, colors may have meaning. And they can get information just with colors they're presented. Let me ask you this, because I've seen some research in regards to frequency and that the brain waves, uh, when you go into meditation, uh, you know, the delta, alpha, alpha, delta, uh, and then I think I forget what's underneath delta, omega, or even something even deeper. Some of the meditators, some of these Tibetan monks can go even deeper than what they were that anyone could register before. Um, And even channelers are being connected to these machines. And they, when they channel, you can see their brain waves 
just changed to a whole other place while they're still awake. Mm -hmm. Is this a frequency thing as well, just as a universal law that at this rate, at this radio station, this kind of information is available at this radio station, this kind of information is available? I love that question. I, I feel that brainwaves have something to do with it, that it's important to get to below beta and even alpha, get into theta, delta. Theta. And of course, gamma is is like a sudden insight. And I, I have to say that there's a woman in California, Valerie Hunt, who researched brainwaves for years of intuitives and healers. And she has a book out called Infinite Mind. Um, I think in some cases, it's a matter of getting on the right frequency mm -hmm. to get information. Um, so I feel that that has an awful lot to do with it. We talk about resonance, picking up on information that's resonating with us. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it does have to do with frequency. The, the Delta Brainwaves, Anna Wise's research, she she defined, she equated Delta Brainwaves with the unconscious, with the unconscious being, you know, kind of processes, not a repository of information. Mm -hmm. And that the Delta Brainwaves are only sussing out the environment, you know, to mm -hmm. see what information is there. I've had the sense <clears throat> with the method that I use that I call tuning in that is like a frequency like tuning into the right frequency and at the same time i've always felt that information is energy mm -hmm. energy carries information so if you think about it we are surrounded by information mm -hmm. we're just surround so sometimes it is a matter of tuning into the right frequency or a part of our sensing our consciousness that senses being able to get to the right target. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Theoretically, we should be, that means theoretically, we should have access to absolute knowledge while we're here. But then on the other hand, I knew when I was born that I couldn't have that while I was here. But the concept, the theory is that it's all out there. Well, you know, it's very interesting. I just had a conversation with a Nobel Prize nominee who uh, lives in the, who was talking about the Akashic Records in the quantum field. And that we, that is a field thing you're talking about is the quantum field that we all are connected to and that we can easily, not easily, but can kind of tap into if you can find a way to tune in. Meditators are able to do it people who understand how to read the Akashic records uh, can do it. Um, but the Akashic field, the Akashic records, this is stuff that science is talking about. And obviously this is stuff that the Vedic texts and old ancient texts, Sumerian texts and yeah. tablets have been talking about Akashic forever. So these ideas yes. are not new age woo-woo by any stretch. No, 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 they're not. And, and I don't tend to think of it as Akashic records because it's information and it's everywhere all at once. Right. We live in this information. We live 
in it. It is everywhere. But I think here on this planet as humans, things are separated. On those other levels on the other side, there's there's there there's less division. I don't mean in conflict, but less separation. It's all there's, there's no walls. There's no walls disconnecting you from the information. That's what, again when I talk to near death experiencers, they say, "Oh, I was over there and I had an immense download of everything." So I'm like, "Oh, I understand quantum physics now. Oh, I understand this now." But when they yes. came back, they're not allowed to bring it back with them. Yes, I, which I, is I, so unfair. <laughs> but also to be fair, I just don't think that our uh, our computer can handle the processing that it would take. I agree. Our, our, our nervous I system, agree. our brain, it's not designed to, It's li- there's a limitation in the design, very specifically designed that way. So we can't it, do that. Yes. In order to navigate this three-dimensional world. Right. We 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 have to give up some things. We have to lose some of those abilities mm-hmm. to be able to navigate in in here. Do you think that because uh, I'm fascinated with psychedelics? Uh, I've never taken any myself, but I'm fascinated by the stories, what people see, yes. what people get access to. Do you believe, just from your own perspective? that when you take a psychedelic uh, or plant medicine, that it brings your frequency to a level where you can open doors that have been closed to you, very similarly to do what yogis do naturally through meditation and through practice to get through those doors as well. That's why they live there a little longer. And the psychedelic is a very limited pass inside, yes. the, inside, inside the ride. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and I'm going to preface this and say, that I have not taken a psychedelic either. And I haven't, I've read a little bit, but I haven't heavily researched this. Mm-hmm. But my sense is that they tend to to remove the separations and the barriers. Right. And they may have a temporary effect in that regard, but at the same time, I'm hearing also some permanent effects. They may help to shift perspective. Mm-hmm. They may help to see connections and, and take us out of the box, you know, of our of our normal perception. Um, and there are cultures, you know this, Alex, there are cultures that incorporate them and their their spiritual oh, yeah. practices, traditions. Yeah, yeah. Ayahuasca alone down in South America. Is yes. Very- Yes, that is an absolute miracle that that exists. Do you know that? Do you know how those? Do you know how they make ayahuasca? No. It's two different plants from two different sides of the jungle that have no reason to be together, but someone along the way said, "Let's take plant A and plant B," and when they're combined, and only when they're combined, does ayahuasca is ayahuasca created. Wonderful. It, it, it makes no sense. It makes like literally it hundreds have of miles, to make sense. Hundreds of miles away from each other. They just made, they would have never connected. But somewhere along the mm-hmm. line, that information was given to somebody, and it is a very healing uh, process. But we won't get into we won't go down the psychedelic road because that's a whole other 
deep, deep conversation. Well, that's, that's been researched. That's been researched too. You know, that's now, been researched with spiritual, spiritual um, applications and and outcomes. Well, yeah, and now because they've kind of lifted the veil on uh, LSD and psilocybin, psilocybin, um, and those kind mm-hmm. of things that were kind of banned from the '60s because of all the craziness yes. that happened in the '60s. Now they're actually researching it again. Um, when I say craziness, I say it with all the love in the world. Um, but now they're actually universities are allowed to do it, and it's helping a lot of people. So it's really interesting. Really, really. It is. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. If you can't, if you if you can't come to those spiritual vistas or or experiences any other way then then sometimes those are aids to that end i when i spoke to a yogi about this it's so fascinating i spoke to a yogi in india about this and he said something so profound he's like when people take these medicines and they take these psychedelics what they're doing is opening a door that they were not invited into and you must be aware and be careful when you go into those doors because you might not be prepared for what happens, which is what a bad trip is or these things. Like those, yes, a, yes. As, a, as opposed to a yogi who spends 20, 30 years preparing to walk in that door. Mm-hmm. And then, then once mm-hmm. they walk in, they could stay there and come and go as they please because they have yes. the time and preparation to go in there as opposed to cheating and kind of sneaking past the guard with psychedelics, which again has its place, but understand there are risks involved when you do it. Absolutely, because <laughs> you may not know how to assimilate mm-hmm. the experience and those insights. Oh God. One yeah. has uh, to be. Absolutely. One has to be because it can turn one's life upside down, just as a near-death experience can. Yes, exactly. Now, from yes. your point of view and your perspective, what actually happens to us when the physical body dies? I have seen, and I'll share that I've been asked by clients over the years to look at those who have passed on. And I think it a lot of it depends upon the person's life at the time, their experiences, what they were going through. There are some blessedly peaceful transitions. Um, I'm sure you know there's been a lot more research into pre-death communication before, yep. you know, passed on loved ones, visit, et cetera. There's seven, there's seven stages from my understanding. It's like seven or 12 stages or something along those lines, yeah. Um, but but the passed on loved ones are, are, are trying to reassure the person who's in the process of dying who, who will be dying. You know, that that there is something on the other side. And my sense is we we basically, <clears throat> excuse me, lose our orientation to the three-dimensional. We still have access to it. But our consciousness, our soul is freed up, is no longer bound. Um, and again, I feel like this varies from one person to the next. I mean, if it was a traumatic death, Oh, yeah, of course. Or the life had been traumatic. It may not be as easy or as peaceful. And my sense is, yes, we are greeted by loved ones or they help us. And whether we see the divine, 
my sense is at some point after we transition, we drop what I call the persona of that lifetime. Mm-hmm. We will still have access to it in the future. We don't forget that it existed, but we get into what I call our higher soul awareness. And I feel, and, and this will vary from one person or soul to the next, that in some cases we are actually watching what is going on to loved ones who are still here. I want to say dispassionately, but there's still a a feeling of connection and love. We've talked about, people talk about the life review. I feel like that's instantaneous. And I feel like that is connected to dropping the human persona and getting into the higher soul awareness because we can, we start to gain the objectivity. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I feel that whether we're guided to do it or whether it happens spontaneously, we start to see from that higher perspective, our lifetime, the people we knew, our interactions, interactions, we start to see the reasons why things happen. We touched upon this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point after this, when we are firmly entrenched in the higher soul awareness, we go on to whatever's next for us on the other side. And that can be uh, going to a place of study, be taught. It can be guiding people. There are a number of possibilities. Um, I started working on my next book four years ago and haven't had a chance to get back to it, but it's really about what the other side is like based upon people's memories. And one woman in particular remembers levels on the other side. She remembers being one of those who were guiding and teaching and part of a council. And so for, for some people, we may go to some of those study groups. We may be counseled. And I know there's a lot going on that I'm not even privy to. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a, again this is an endless conversation and it's fascinating um, to to have these conversations because it just at least opens our eyes to the possibility of what is why we're here, what this is all about, you know, why is you know a tree a tree and I'm here and. Uh, this happened to me or that happened to me and what happens on the other side and to understand that there is another side and that, you know, aunt Jane is okay, you know, and absolutely. And, 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 and and to make it more interesting, I know that after we've transitioned, we also have access to all those other personas. Yes. And and from other lifetimes, Mm -hmm. like, it's it's not like dissociating or being a multiple, but we do have all these other personas and we are aware of them. We're in the higher soul awareness, but we're aware of them. Mm-hmm. They don't kind of evaporate. Right. I think that that makes it more complex and more interesting. Oh, the word complex is not, it doesn't even cover what's happening. I mean, the amount of complexity of, the amount of complexity of our human body in itself. Oh, yes. It is such yes. a complex machine. 
that we still truly don't understand the whole how the whole mm-hmm. mechanism of it as much as we'd like to believe we do. Um, oh, then let's not even get into the complexity of the Earth, of ecosystems, and let's not even start going off off planet to the universe. I mean, it's yes. just barely scratching the surface of the complexity of everything that is around us. So it's really, um, it's one hell of a ride. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. And I want, I want to use the word wonder. Yeah. Oh, the there, wonder of it all. There's so much. Yes. There's so much to be in wonder of because the complexity I feel is beautiful and we may not be able to grasp it all at once, but we can be in awe of the fact that it exists. I and think. that we, and that we, in a lifetime, will never be able to explore every aspect of everything. It's impossible. No. I mean, no. just just so you know, a master chef in Japan, who's a sushi chef, when he when a a, a a trainee is with him, an apprentice, they work on rice for seven years just cooking rice wonderful seven, to understand the complexities and the nuances of rice so yes yes <laughs> seven yes, years yes. of your life and all right? the different all the different varieties <laughs> and how you do it and when you do it and the timing and the perfection of it and how you just rice before they ever touch a fish it's all rice. I love that. It, so love can you that. imagine that complexity of that level to a master carpenter or a master storyteller or a master artist or yes. a master engineer? It, it just too much information. But on the other side, we have access to all of it, which is so. We do. Which is all we wonderful. do. We don't get bored. No. And, and, and it is. I'll use the, the phrase everybody uses, positive energy, you know, <laughs> love, acceptance, support, positive. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a great place to be. Now, Diane, I'm going to ask you a few questions I ask all of my guests. What okay. is your definition of living a fulfilled life? It's a sense of knowing who you are on a deep level. I use the term our essence. And being able to express that outwardly through activities and and enjoying it and feeling positive about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And even when there is disappointment or there is struggle, to have that perspective that it's temporary and is happening for a reason. To me, that's that's fulfillment. To be able to experience positive not just focusing on on positive but to enjoy the complexity of rice for example (laughs) or you know of of your child's smile or your dog greeting you to to be able to enjoy that there are things outside of you which all exist for a reason and that you're part of too. So I, I I use a very, very broad definition of fulfillment. And and even if you have a somewhat narrow focus, enjoying it, 
feeling positive about yourself and and what you're doing. If you had a chance to go in a time machine and go back in time to the little girl that you used to be, what advice would you give her? I would probably say hang in there because it's all happening for a reason. And there are going to be many, many, many bumps in the road. There are going to be disappointments. But it's important that you always remember that it all is happening for a reason. And you will come out the other side. You will find a sense of fulfillment. And you will get to go home one day. How do you define God? God is that massive energy that cannot be contained, that is totally in control and is the master of all, the great director in the sky, the great conductor <laughs> in the sky and is, is approachable, mm -hmm. is accessible. It's not just this this far off concept that has no relation to life on on this level. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? I think on planet Earth, the ultimate purpose of life is to learn, grow, and help to move humanity forward. I don't know the purpose of life throughout the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Because my understanding is our experience of life is very different on this planet. Sure. From and and in other life forms, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm a firm believer that we live lives everywhere as mm. different life forms, not just as a human on this planet. But that it has to do with participating in the huge greater drama, not just on this planet, yeah. in some way and 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 moving things forward I don't understand it I don't understand the totality I can't but to know that it's all happening for reasons and where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing oh that's easy <laughs> my website is dianebrandon.com d-i-a-n-e-b-r-a-n-d-o-n.com um and I have four books out um I used to have a podcast years ago mm -hmm. stopped doing that several years ago, but my website is probably the best, the best way. And do you have a parting message for the audience? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I would say that there is so much more within you. Allow yourself to explore your depths, embrace your true self, your essence, Open up and connect with every other living being outside of you as much as you can comfortably. Develop your potential. You have a lot of potential. Sometimes it's hidden within you. Work on healing and removing any blocks to your fulfillment and allow yourself to live vibrantly and lead a purposeful life. Man, thank you so much for this conversation uh, and for the work that you're doing in the world to help awaken the planet. So I appreciate you uh, for sharing your story, my dear. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate you and the work you're doing. It's wonderful. Thank you. 
I want to thank Diane so much for coming on the show and sharing her journey with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 291. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.